Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. and really understanding the importance or the necessity and the need that there is in each one of our lives. Just like we need oxygen to breathe, we need prayer to live a spiritual life. We need prayer in each one of our lives. And I'm so excited as we've gone through this and I pray that you've been encouraged and inspired. And here's the thought that we have presented for each message this month. And I love this by Martin Luther. It's a quote. He says, to be a Christian... Without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And we just want you to see the necessity that prayer needs to be for each and every one of your lives. And I pray, how many have been helped through this study? How many have been helped through this course? And we need, that's why we need to be in the house, because when we understand the power of prayer and the presence of prayer, and the fact that we can pray in our own way. Come on, how many have been praying in your own way? Just hanging out with God changes everything, doesn't it? That God just hears you just in your own way. When we do that, something is going to happen. Things happen when we begin to pray. Look at this statement. I think it was last Sunday I said this. Prayer is the simplest and most effective way that you can deal with any situation. Any situation that you're facing in your life, you don't know what to do, pray about it. Come on, your marriage is having problems, pray about it. You need a job, pray about it. You're just hurt and you're in pain, pray about it. Prayer is the simplest, but yet the most powerful and the most effective way that we can deal with any situation. Why is that? Because when we pray, we take our need from our hands and we place it into the hands of God. And what do we know God does? God does this. God sends back the help. There's two things that God does. He either helps us as he deals with that thing, or a second thing that God does is he deals with us. And he changes us. He changes circumstances or he changes us. And perhaps sometimes he needs to do both. Because we can pray wrong. Come on, we can have the wrong motive. We can have the wrong heart when it comes to prayer. God, change them. What about you? Oh, I'm perfect. I'm fine. God's like, no, we need to work on you first. Come on. So as we pray, it puts it in the hands of God that God will deal with our lives. But today I want to talk about it this way. And from the youngest and old to the oldest, I want you to hear this today. I want to talk about not just praying a prayer, but living a life of prayer. Living a life of prayer. Making room. Come on, say with me, making room. That's the title of our message today, make room. 
making room for God to be a part of our daily lives. How many remembers what it was like being on a couch with all your friends? Maybe it's happening in your house now, and you're like coming to try and sit down, and there's like no room. What do you say to people? Scoot over, scoot over, move over. Why? Make some room so I can come and sit down. You may be a little bit squished on the couch, but you're going to all move over, and you're going to get that room. With that being said, I want us to take a look at our lives. Not in the fact of trying to pack more into our lives, but really understanding what's the most important things that need to be placed in each and every one of our lives. I want to show you an illustration today. And I think this is pretty cool. And, um, and I hope that will help you today. I'm just going to take these rocks and I'm just going to place them in this container. And I'm just going to put them in there. How many would say that that container right there is, is pretty full? How many would say that's pretty full? Right there, okay. Let me show you this right here. Cara's going to help us. Come on, give Cara a round of applause. There she is, there she is. Watch this. Wheel of Fortune has Vanna White. We have Cara Elise. Watch this. What you thought was pretty full all of a sudden, notice what happens. We can get a whole lot more in it if we want. How many would say right now, Pastor, that's pretty full? How many would say that's full now? What about this? We can still get more in there, can't we? Look. Look at that. How many would say that that's pretty full right now? Come on now, not a trick question. How many would say that's pretty full? You know, I want to show you all today something, and here's what I want you to see. I think our lives, very many times, are just like this jar that I've just showed you today. That our lives are just like this. So I want to ask you a question today. What do you think we can learn? What do you think the moral of this lesson is with what we've done? I'm just going to ask some of the kids right now. Come on, Luke, what do you think the moral of the story is when it comes to our life, when we look at that jar? Um, that, we put too many, that we put too much stuff in our life. Come on, good, good, good. Anyone else got anything? Raven, you're going to help? No, no, no. Anyone else? You want to tell me? Come on, what do you think, little man? What do you think is the moral of the story? You love God. You love God. That's, that's an answer to everything. That's a, that's a good answer. What do you think the moral of that story is, Travis? I like what Luke said. We put too much stuff in the way. Okay, okay. If we were to ask most of you, that, that's great answers. And really, that's the right answers. But really, most of us would probably come up with an answer that would be very similar to this. Are you ready? There's always room to squeeze more things into our life if we try hard enough. There's always opportunity that we can put a little bit more things into our life if we try hard enough, because that's what we do. Come on, that's what we do every day. We're looking, how can I do another practice? How can I take on another responsibility? How can I work a little bit harder? What can I do? All these things that were taken off, another event for the day. And if you look, it's almost like our alarm clocks are getting us up earlier in the morning, and we're sleeping a lot later at night. Why? Because we're trying really hard, because if our lives weren't full, enough, we're wanting to try and just top them off a little bit, just to put just a little bit more in there, more and more and more. But you know how this leaves us feeling? Overwhelmed. Have you ever felt kind of overwhelmed? Just with everything that you've got, you're just like, wow, I don't know how to breathe, I don't know what's going on, I'm stressed to the max, I'm totally, do I have a witness in the house? It's okay, come on, that we can find ourselves so overwhelmed with life. But I want to show you something today. I believe the moral of this story is really completely the opposite. 
It's not trying to put more stuff into our lives. But I think what needs to be the moral of this story in our lives is this. Are you ready? That there is no room to squeeze in the big rocks unless you put them in first. That there is no room left to put in the big things, the important things, if our lives are so filled up with all the small, incidental, everyday things that others tell you are important. But at the end of the day, when you stand before God, how many practices you made, come on, how many A's you got on your test, as important as that is. All those things really are not going to be the most important thing that God is going to ask and God is going to require of each one of our lives. And we've got to watch because it's so easy to fill our lives with all of those things because society tells us and people tells us that we have to do that. But we've got to make sure that we leave room for the important things in life. I think the most important rock that you can put first in your life is that of God. But you see, what we do is we try to fit God in with everything else and there's no room. God's got to be put in first, so there's going to be room for everything else. And we've got to realize that. That's really important. When we're talking about God, we're talking about a relationship with God. We're not just talking about putting God. There's a lot of people out there, you've seen it at the movie awards, the Oscars and everything. They stand up and they say, I want to thank God for giving me the talents and gifts. I'm not judging those people, but can I tell you that most of those people have God in their life just as a dead weight. He's not active, he's not alive, he's not living. It's not an engaged relationship that they're in. Oh, we like to put him in there because maybe that's what we think we should and know we should have. But God doesn't just want to be a dead weight in your life. God wants to be interacting with your life to help your life to be the foundation that everything of your life can be built upon. And that's what's so important. Anyone got a dog here? What do you know about a dog? You gotta take care of that sucker. Come on now. You gotta take care of that thing. What happens if you don't feed it? What happens if you don't take care of it? What happens if you don't walk it and you play with it? What happens to your dog? It's not good, is it? It's gonna snuff it. It's gonna die. Come on. Poor Poochie's gonna be gone. He's gonna go to heaven because all dogs go to heaven. Remember that. He's gonna die. It's not going to be good. And if he doesn't die, the other option is this. Are you ready? He's going to run away and find someone who is going to take care of him. And that's the nature. And that's how it is with God in our lives. So many times we we have God, but we don't take care of God. We don't nurture him. We don't build that relationship. But yet we expect him to work for us, but we're not doing anything in the interaction with that. And one thing I know about God is this. Not like a dog. A dog may leave you. God's never going to leave you. But you know what I've realized? I've realized that we can choose to take God out of our lives because we want to fill it up with everything else that makes it popular. God doesn't leave our lives, but we can remove God out of our lives and we can take Him out of the picture. But God doesn't want to be on the top. He wants to be on the bottom. He wants to be the foundation of our life. That we can have... Here's one of the things I think that we can have to build a relationship with God is a prayer life that we can pray. That we can have prayer in our life. That's important. That's how we get to know God. Remember, that's how we talk with God. It's a conversation, hanging out with God. And that's one way that we build our relationship. But there's other big rocks, I believe, that we have in our life. Anyone else got any big rocks that you think we need to place in our life that are important? Anyone shout any out? Family's a good one. Man, we need to make sure we've got room for family. Our wife, our children. 
We need to make sure that we've got room for them. If not, everything else work and everything else will just take the place that there'll be no room for them. Anyone else got any big rocks that you think? Church, good, good. Church is a big one, man. That's a massive one. I like that. Come on, I could preach on church for weeks. I love church. I have a heart for church. And that's so important because if you don't make way for church, come on, there's practices, there's games, there's, there's movies, there's, there's shopping experiences. Come on, sales on Sundays. Oh, we can sleep in. There's, oh, the lake looks really great on Sunday. If we don't watch, all those things can take the place. And insignificant things that really are not going to matter when it all comes down to it. What's another one? Anyone got any more you can think of? Fellowship with other Christians. What about this one, health? That's a good one, huh? It's a big rock we need to put in our life. We need to get healthy. We need to live healthy. We need to eat healthy. I'm speaking to myself as well as everyone. Come on, we need to be exercising. We need to be... Why? Because these are big rocks in our life because we can put so much junk and stuff in that's destroying our lives and not building our lives, providing for our homes, having a good job. These are all important rocks that we need to be placing inside of our lives that we can make room for. But what needs to happen? We need to make room for the big things first. We need to make room for the big things first, the things that will really shape and fashion your future. And I know today, as I said, we're talking about prayer. So we're going to just talk today about prayer. Is that okay? We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about putting the big rock of prayer into our lives and making room for God so we can build our lives around that. Does anyone know who Moses is? Come on, anyone know who Moses is? Come on, shout out if you know who Moses is. Come on, help me out. Someone in the first service says, I know who Moses is. He built the ark. We discovered that's the wrong person. Come on, that's Noah. Noah. Moses did kind of build an ark, but it wasn't one out of wood. He, he kind of helped with the ark of the covenant, but he didn't. Come on. So who is Moses? Come on, help me out. Shout out. Who's Moses? Shout out. My God, help us in the house. He freed people. He's one of God's servants. How was he born? Well... He was put in a what? Put in a basket. Come on, he was floated down the river. Come on, who found him? Pharaoh's daughter. She took him where? To Walmart. No, where did she take him? (laughs) Took him to the palace, remember? She raised him up in the palace. We could go on and on and on and on about Moses' life because all those things are important. But what really is Moses all about? He was called to be the deliverer for the people of God. Moses was called to be the deliverer. But notice in his life, just like our life, if we don't watch, there can be so many small things about being removed from his home and separated and this and everything. There could have been so many small things that could have changed the outcome of his life. He had to stay focused. He had to stay focused through it all. But look what we see of Moses. I love this in Exodus. He's gone through all the Pharaoh stuff. He's now in the wilderness. He's taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. God is now about to get ready to speak to him. And here actually is the account of God speaking to him. And listen to what it says in Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. And it says this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert. I mean, the desert is bad enough, but he's on the back side of the desert. It doesn't get much worse than that. He's in a bad, bad place. And he came to Horeb, the mountain of God. In verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of the bush. 
And Moses looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. Here's the key verse, verse 3. Then Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. What was the great sight? Does anyone know what the great sight was? It was a bush burning, but more than just a bush burning. It was a bush that was not being consumed. Because bush burnings were everyday occurrences in the middle of a wilderness. It was so dry, and with the sun, sometimes they would burn. But here's how they would burn. Are you ready? That was it. They were gone. They would just, boom, they were so dry, they would just, boom, go. But Moses is walking along, and he's looking because he's expecting a, boom. And when he looks, the bush keeps burning, and it keeps burning, and it keeps burning. So what does Moses say? I'm going to turn aside And I'm going to see this great sight and why this bush doesn't burn or why it's not burning up, why it's not being consumed. And then verse 4 says, so when the Lord saw that he what? Come on, say with me, turned aside. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the bush. God didn't call him while he was walking by. God called him when Moses stopped to see what was going on. Through his busy life and everything, he could have got so busy in doing the things, oh yeah, that's cool, moving on, that he could have missed one of the most important times in his life. My God, we can miss opportunities every day in our life because we're so busy with all the little things that we forget what's the most important in our life. And Moses turned aside to see. And when he turned, God spoke. If Moses hadn't have turned aside, God wouldn't have spoken. So important in our lives. It's so important. Because I want you to see something right now. Today, right now, God's willingness to speak has probably never been greater. God is more willing probably to speak now because we need to hear his voice perhaps more than any other time in history right now with what's going on all around us. We need to hear the voice of God. So his willingness to speak is never in doubt. It's never a question. But the real issue and the real problem today is our willingness to take time out to turn aside and to listen to God and allow our schedule to be interrupted so we can hear what God wants to say. I was reading in our daily devotions this week and I read this question and it really challenged me. And it says this, are you ready? Could God speak to you during a commercial break in your favorite television show? Could God speak to you in your commercial break of your favorite television show? And the answer is, yeah, he could. Yeah, he can. He's able to do that. How many agrees that God is able to do that? But you know what else they wrote? He probably won't. What? He probably won't. Why is that? Because we don't give any time for God. God's kind of like in the commercial break. Hello, can I have you for two minutes? Can I go? Listen, God wants what? God wants us to make time for Him. God wants us to make room. Come on, let me let you into a secret. If you've got a DVR TV, press pause for the first 10 minutes of a show anyway. Because then you can watch the rest of the hour commercial free because you can scroll through the commercials and you can take that 10 minutes just to pray. And just give it to God and just enjoy the day. 
But so many of us want God's interaction and we want to hear from God and God is speaking. But we're so busy filling our lives with everything else that we're not making room for that which is the most important in our lives. I wonder what would happen today if we really started to make room for God. I wonder if a thought throughout our day was this, I really want to find time just to talk with God and pray. I wonder what would happen if we consciously said, today I want to make room for God and I want to spend some time in prayer. Do you think God would like that? I'm telling you more than like it, He would love that. Because that's what He longs for from each one of our lives. God would absolutely love that. So how can we do that? How can we throughout our busy schedules and our busy lives, how can we find time to turn aside and pray? Well, I think we need to look at what prayer is. Prayer is not this. Are you ready? We can do that when we pray. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But what we're going to discover from God's word, put it up on the screen. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. God's word instructs us to do this. Pray without ceasing. How many realizes that if we're going to pray like this all day, every day, We're not going to get a lot done. Come on, we can't go to school. Why? Because we're on our knees praying with our eyes closed. Come on, we can't eat breakfast. Why? Because we're on our knees with our hands together with our eyes closed. We can't go to work because we're on our knees with our hands together and our eyes closed. You see, we've got to look at what really prayer is. That is a prayer, but that's not prayer, period. That's a type of prayer and that's a a reverence of prayer. That's why we bow many times when people say, bow your heads in prayer. Why? It's an act of reverence that we're before a God, an almighty God, and we're reverently bowing in submission to him. But we don't have to do that. We can pray with our eyes open. We don't have to have our hands together. We don't even have to have our mouth moving. We can just think prayers in our hearts. Remember we talked about praying our way and allowing God to help us with that? But one thing I think we can conclude is how we pray, we need to understand. Why? Because God asks us to pray without ceasing. That's pretty clear. There's no small print under there that God says, pray without ceasing during the summer because you're off school. God doesn't say pray without ceasing on the weekend because you don't have other things to do. God says pray without ceasing when you're on a turnaround. Come on, when you're waking up each and every day, when you're busiest, whatever time of your life, God says we need to have a place in our lives that we pray constantly, consistently through each and every day. That we're not just to pray a prayer, but we're to live a life of prayer. To live a life of prayer. So how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. We do that by an attitude of prayer. We keep an attitude of thanksgiving and total dependency upon God. Everything we do, we're keeping the thought of God. We're keeping the thought of just being in an attitude of thanksgiving and praise towards God as we go about our daily lives. We're turning our thoughts towards Him in the beginning of a circumstance, in the middle, through a circumstance. At the end, what are we doing? We're remembering Him as we do these things that we have to do. Does anyone have chores here? Come on, when you get older, you still have chores. There's still trash to go out. There's still things to go out. Come on, when we have chores, you know what most of us are doing when we have chores? Grumbling and complaining. 
oh, stupid clean on my room. It's just stupid. It's my room. I should be allowed to have it how I want it to be. It's my room. It's my stuff. We're grumbling and complaining. Stupid trash. Why have I got to take out the trash? Why can't my sister take out the trash? What's the problem? What's... Do you notice what can be going on in our lives when we're doing chores? Nothing that's going to bless us. But what about when we're doing our chores, if we turn around and say, God, I just thank you for today. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to go. Man, we can change that chore into something great. Why? Because we've made the best of that time. We've used that time to make space for God. You see, we've got to stop thinking about prayer as being an event. Well, if I could just go to church on Saturday morning for encounter, for prayer, that's great. That's an event that we have, and that's fantastic, and and, and that's good. Come on, I have an event every morning. I set my alarm, and I try and get up early every day, and I walk and pray. That's an event. That's a time we can pray. But prayer doesn't want to just be an event of our lives, something we have planned and something we have scheduled. Prayer wants to be something that we do each and every day, through the day, in each one of our lives. We need to see prayer as an internal activity that undergirds everything that we do as we look to pray continually through the day. Come on, ladies, you can pray a lot. You know why you can pray a lot? Where's all the ladies in the house? You can pray while you're at the mall. That means for some of you, you're praying a whole lot. Come on, you, you can pray at Walmart. You can pray at the shops, wherever you're at. You can be praying. Come on, when you're waiting in a waiting room, at a doctor's office, at the dentist's office. You can be praying right there and then. You can be using that time. You don't have to be on your knees with your eyes closed and your hands together, but you can be praying. Come on, you can be in a business meeting and you can be praying. Your boss can be talking and you can be praying. Why? Because you don't have to speak it out. You can say it in your heart. Come on, young people, you can be praying in the classroom. Come on, we need to start praying in our classrooms. Come on, we can pray on the bus. It doesn't mean we have to stand up and say, can I have everyone's attention, please? Can you bow your heads? We're now going to pray. Hey, you, bow your head. Not going to start. We can pray while everyone's cutting up all around us and we can be looking and we can be smiling and we can still be praying through that situation. Come on, we can be praying in the lunchtime when we're waiting for that luscious lunch. Yeah, right. Praying that God would turn it into something luscious and nice. But we can be praying. We can be praying in the PE class. God help me, whatever that prayer may be in PE. But we can be praying. Come on, parents, we can be praying at the gym. Probably not a lot of prayer going on if you're going to rely on praying at the gym because not many people are probably at gym, amen? You can pray while you're cleaning. You can pray while you're doing laundry. You can pray while you're driving. But turn to your neighbor and say, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. We don't need you to pray with your eyes closed when you're driving. Not good. Amen. Not good. Not good. Not good. But what do you see? We can pray. Our prayers don't have to be drawn out and long-winded. Because sometimes we don't have time for that. Miss D and Arnold, they were in a car accident on Friday and thank God they're doing well. But they didn't have time to bow their heads, to close their eyes, to put their hands together and pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. All they had time for was help or Jesus. That's all they had time to get out before they hit that car that pulled out in front of them. 
But did God hear their prayer? You better believe God heard their prayer because they're alive and well today. God heard that prayer. God saw that prayer. You see, because we think it's got to be so drawn out. But I believe some of the greatest prayers that we can have are short bursts from our heart. Just a short burst from our heart. You know, my favorite prayer to pray is this. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I just do it throughout the day. I was laughing before service this morning. I was getting ready in my office and I was just closing my notepad and I was putting my Bible and I was getting ready to go and I was just praying for the service. And I said, thank you, Jesus. And Miss Nancy says, what is it you want, Pastor? I says, no, Miss Nancy, I don't need you. I'm just thanking Jesus, just thanking Jesus. And that's really good for us. Luke knows now not to ask me, what are you thankful for? Because I've been in the car with him. I say, thank you, Jesus. He goes, for what? And I'm like, for what? For real? I mean, let's go through that. So I start him listing down, what are we thankful for? We can start with what we're in right now. Thank you for a car. Yeah, that's good. Thank you for this. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my strength. We have got so much to be thankful for. And I find myself throughout the day, I'm telling you right now, there's very seldom a time that I pray for probably more than 30 minutes at a time. But there's probably very seldom an hour that goes by that I haven't prayed. Because throughout the day, I'm just saying, God, just help me. Give me the grace. Give me the mercy. Maybe your prayer, like that short burst from your heart, is, God, I need your help right now. Come on, the teachers say, man, here's a surprise test for you, man. That will get you praying right there and then. Come on. God, I need your help right now. Come on. Come on. You can't turn to your teacher and say, "Um, excuse me, can we just put this back for three days? Because we need to just pray and fast about this. Come on, you need it right there. So you can pray right there, right now. Maybe for some of you, it's, I need favor. Your boss is just talking about things and they're cutting back at work and you're in a meeting. You don't have to hunt to call the prayer line and get everyone praying. You're like, God, I just need favor right now, right now. You can't even speak it out because you're in a room with other people. But you can pray that short burst from your heart. Come on, God, I need strength. Have you ever prayed that prayer? find myself praying that a lot. Come on, God, I need strength. I need your abilities through all of these kind of things. And you can be praying those prayers. And I want you to know God hears those short burst prayers just as much as he does. The time when you can spend maybe 30 minutes, 20 minutes where you're alone with God and you're just really speaking to Him. How do, how do we know that He hears those? Well, let's look at His Word, because His Word is the hope for every one of us. The answer is in God's Word. Look what it says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, trust in the Lord. That's what we can do. We can trust God with all of our hearts. And lean not unto our own understanding. Look what it says in verse 6. In all your ways. Come on, say with me, all in all, every part of your life. Come on, in your home, in your marriage, at your school, at your work, in your finances, with your health, with the problems. If you need direction in your life, the Bible says in every area of your life, in all your ways, every part of life, every circumstance and situation, what does he tell us we've got to do? Acknowledge him. Come on, say with me, acknowledge him. Come on, acknowledge Him. We've got to consider Him, or really, here's the thought, include Him or give it to Him. So in every part of my life, I can acknowledge God in every situation and give Him the problems, include Him in everything I'm going, so I know that He's going to help me, because that's the what? That's the condition. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. Now, here's the promise. You see, God has promises for every one of us. Here's the promise, that when we acknowledge Him and give it to Him, what's the promise? He will what? 
He will direct your pathways. He will direct every aspect of your life. As you acknowledge Him, acknowledge is just another way, I believe, to say as you pray, as you give that to God. Just short bursts, you're just saying, God, thank you, Jesus. You're just including Him in, God, I need wisdom right now. I need strength. God, just help me. Those short bursts, as you're acknowledging Him in every aspect of your life, what is the promise? He will direct your path. He won't get back with you next month because you didn't pray long enough. He's going to help you right there and right then. Because that's the God that we serve. You see, here's what you've got to understand. Are you ready? Prayer releases His promises. Prayer releases the promises for each and every one of our lives. When we pray, His promises are what? Released into our life. And I need that. I need His blessing. I need His help. I need His strength. And I don't just need it in the morning when I'm praying. Come on, I need it throughout the day. Come on, I don't just need it before bed when I pray before I close my eyes. I need the blessings and the help of strength of God throughout every day. I don't know about you, but I need God throughout my day. And what do I do? I've got to acknowledge Him so He can direct me and He can help my path. And He says He's going to direct all of my paths or all of my pathway, which means what? God's going to take care of my life. So think about this. When I pray, when you pray, every base is covered. Isn't that awesome? That's what's so powerful about prayer. That when I pray, pray, it covers everything because it gives it all to God. And God can take care of it. Here's a great scripture too. Look at this from Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18. And unfortunately, many people stop at verse 17 because it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And we get all armored up and we're good to go. But we forget verse 8, I believe, which is the catalyst for it all. This is what keeps it together. This is what makes us function. This is what keeps us armored up. And it says this, what? In verse 18, it says, praying always with, notice what it says, all prayer. All prayer. What type of prayer? If I'm on my knees, that's a type of prayer. What about if it's a short burst? That's still a type of prayer. God says, in any type of prayer, my prayer, my way, in all prayer and supplication. My mum looked that up yesterday or earlier. That's a humble request that you and I have to someone of a higher power and of a higher authority that we can come to God. So when we're supplicating, we're humbly coming before God and crying out to the help of someone who's greater than every problem and circumstance. That's what it means to have a supplication. We're crying out to a God that can do greater than any problem and any circumstance and situation that you're facing in your life. You may not have time to give a 10-minute prayer, but come on, aren't you glad that God just hears a help? And He hears a prayer, a supplication from our heart, in the Spirit being watchful to this end with all perseverance. I love what the New Living Translation says this. It says this words. It says, pray, uh, um, it says this, it says, pray at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. For all believers everywhere. What does it say? Pray at all times. For every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers. For what? Christians everywhere. Notice my prayer, my short burst of prayer throughout my day as I'm not just praying a prayer, but I'm living a prayer. They can be just as much for other people, the Bible says, as what they are for my life. That I can send prayer bursts their way too. I was walking this morning and someone was dropped into my spirit. God didn't tell me what was going on in their life. They were just dropped into my spirit. You know, I sent a prayer burst. Papa, I said, God, meet their need. You know what needs to happen. You take care of it in the name of Jesus. 
Come on, I just sent a burst out there. I just sent a rapid fire. Come on, I just sent it out there. And knowing that God will take care of that and he'll add to that and he'll bless that. But what do we have to do? We've got to make room. Just like Moses, he turned aside. Watch that we don't get so full up with all the incidentals that we miss the most important things that need to be placed first into each one of our lives. Because as we make room and we begin to pray, our lives will not only be different, but others will be different too. I want to go into a commercial break right now. If you haven't seen the movie War Room yet, you need to see it. It just came out this weekend, so I understand if you haven't had time to see it. You need to go and make a special trip to go and see War Room in the next couple of weeks. I'm telling you, it will change your whole perspective on prayer. Because you will understand the power of prayer, perhaps in a greater way than you have ever seen before. The prayer bursts, the the petitions that we can send out. And we question many times, does God even hear? I'm telling you right now, he doesn't only hear, he sends help and he changes circumstances and situations. So what have we talked about today? Let's recap really quickly. What have we talked about? The importance of making room for God. Making room for God means we're going to have to remove some things so we can reprioritize our life because we've got to put the big rocks in first because if we don't, there's not going to be any room for the things at the end. So we make room because we don't want to just say a prayer. We want to live a life of prayer. We want to live for God. How many realizes today, and maybe you've already realized this, but maybe for the first time, you know today that you can just pray throughout the day constantly without ceasing. Come on, how many realizes that today? Put your hands up. Come on. You realize that. Come on, there's only half of you. I guess I haven't preached it good enough. Come on. I mean, we can start all over again. Let's go. Where were we? Come on, let's go. I said, how many are getting this today? Come on, let's see. Wow, revelation just hit you right there, huh? You got to get this. Because I want you to know something. When God says pray without ceasing, God never in his word asks us to do something that's not possible to be done. Oh, some changes may need to take place and some sacrifice and some things may need to be shifted around in our life. But God never presents to us something that is not humanly possible for us to do. Because then if he did, we wouldn't be able to ever do it. But God gives us these things and he gives us the strength to do those things and the ability to do those things. But we're able to do that. You are able to pray short bursts of prayer. Every one of us are able to pray constantly while we're driving, while we're at work, waiting for the bus. Just throughout the day that we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying. Look at this. What about if we started praying for everything? Here's what I believe is going to happen. When we start praying for everything, we don't have to be fearing anything. Come on, when we pray about everything, we can fear nothing. We can fear nothing in our lives. I love the scripture, Proverbs, um, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by what? Worry and concern? No, by prayer. Maybe not an hour's prayer, just God help me. But as we give it to God in prayer and with that supplication, with thanksgiving, what does he say? Just let me know what's going on in your life. And verse 7, I love it. And then the peace. He sends his answer and his answer is the peace of God that wants to flood into your heart and life and change everything. Because you see, when we pray, things happen. Things take place. When we pray, we happen. We change. We're different. When we pray, other people are different. Why? Because our prayers can not only touch our lives, they can touch other people too. So let's break it down. Are you ready? Prayer is not a skill that we master. 
Well, I've mastered prayer. I've mastered prayer. If you have, then great, please teach us because we're obviously not good at that. But I don't believe prayer is ever something that that we should master and say, I've graduated prayer school. But you know what prayer needs to be? It needs to be an unfolding relationship that we enjoy. It's not something we master. It's something that we engage in and we enjoy as we build a relationship with God each and every day because prayer, after all, is just conversating and talking with God and telling Him what's going on in our life. God wants you to make room for Him today. God wants you to live a life of prayer. God wants you to pray your way through each and every day. God wants you to be aware of His presence, that He's there with you. Come on, you don't have to shout and say, God, over here. God promises to be with you. So when you're whispering and you're saying it under your breath, God's right there. He's close enough to you that He can hear those things in your life. And as I said earlier, every one of us can do that. But we must all want to do that. We have the ability, but we still need to have the desire in each and every one of our lives. Because just like we need oxygen to breathe, we need prayer to live. And we don't just wake up in the morning and go, that would do me for the day. Come on, we don't just take one breath and that would do us for the day. And it's just the same in the morning. As important it is to start your day off in prayer and end your day in prayer. understand all that. But come on, we're not just... It's not going to see you through the day. You need to be praying constantly through the day that God will help you and God gives you the strength and God gives you the abilities and the favor and he opens the door. From the youngest person to the oldest person, come on, every one of us are capable of praying like that. If we'll just make room and say, God, I want to include you in my life. Everything can change. I'm telling you, let me say that one more time. Everything of your life can change when you just include God and you sense his presence in your life every second and every moment of every day. Would you stand to your feet all over this place right now? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.